This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest has always been drawn to landscaping since his first job on a golf course. While working in business technology after college, he wanted to put in a putting green and do and learned a lot about turf. Uh, soon after, he left the corporate world to start a family-owned artificial turf business. He's since then grown his company from three co-founders to 15 employees. They've got an 8,000-square-foot warehouse that houses about a million square feet of artificial turf in about 25 different varieties. I'm sure that's growing too. He is, uh, they have Utah's premier wholesale artificial turf supplier, um, co-owner of Elite Turf Supply and Turf Impressions. I'd like to welcome Taylor Brown. Welcome, Taylor. Thanks, Jeff. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here too. So I always ask people on this podcast, you're growing, you've been around, I think, actually, when did you start? In 21, I think, the company? Yeah, September of 2021. All right. So it's only been, God, not even a year, I think. Um, what is the most challenging aspect of kind of growing this company? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Jeff. Um, in our business, the artificial turf space, uh, and where we're located in, in the state of Utah, it's it's a unique challenge and one that we're super excited about is uh, kind of the education around the benefits of artificial turf. My story is a little unique and maybe we'll get more into that, but I, you know, in my own personal uh, life wanted to, to install a putting green and I, I researched um, who I could find to, to hopefully install a putting green at my house and was fortunate to find a person that I, I trusted and uh, and when I started talking with this guy, he educated me on all the different types of turf, different structures, you know, all those things. And I immediately became hooked. And so, you know, digging more into that, I knew I wanted to be a part of this industry. Uh, it led to actually acquiring or buying the business, which is, um, which is really exciting, obviously. Um, but as it relates to our market and in, in our business challenge, it definitely has to do with you know, letting people know that this is not the AstroTurf or this is not the turf that has the rubber bead that maybe yeah. so many are accustomed to seeing when they go to a football game. Right. Uh, and it's not also the, uh, you know, the, the carpet turf that you're used to seeing 20 years ago on your, on your grandma's front porch. This has come a long way. The technology around it in terms of the cooling technology, uh, the different heights. And obviously I can, I can geek out for you, but I'll, I'll save you and your listeners. Uh, I'll save you there, but that's the, the challenge is getting in front of people, uh, letting them know, especially in our state where we're experiencing a drought, mm -hmm. we're looking to conserve water. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's so many benefits for pets and kids and playgrounds, you name it, there's a use case for turf. And that's what we're trying to get in front of. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know, like, as I, I did a little research before this, uh, that there was so many different varieties of turf without getting, you know. Oh, geeky. Like you said, um, <laughs> you have like 25 and I'm sure there's probably more, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So for, I imagine for different applications, it could be different turf, right? You know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, we, we, I mean, like I said, the technology in terms of what's available out there, um, and you, you, you hit it on the head. When somebody walks in or when somebody approaches us about a project, we, we want to understand what's their application, right? Uh, surprisingly, to maybe to you and maybe some of your, your listeners, is we get a lot of calls for pets. And we see a, a, an uptick in demand for those that have pets because of the, the type of turf that could apply for pets, the infill. So we use an antimicrobial, antibacterial infill that essentially is going to eliminate the smell. It doesn't stain your grass. Uh, and it looks great all year round without the maintenance. Um, so yeah, when, when somebody walks in or when somebody approaches us for trying to understand what's their application, we can then direct them to maybe a shorter turf that's used for a playground or maybe a longer turf that's you know meant for heavier traffic areas. So there's a use case for all. Um, and again, not to geek out, but you know, we can get into that if you are. Sure. Well, let's just talk about the business because you you started it or you did you actually purchase an existing business or did you just start right from scratch? Right. Yeah, so maybe to go a little bit deeper into what I mentioned earlier about acquiring, um, I come from the, the tech world mm -hmm. and in 2020, we obviously everybody was working from home and uh, I have a, a home that has a large space and wanted to put a putting green in. And uh, anyways, I found that that individual and at the time there was no website, there was no social page, but he had these great pictures and I was immediately intrigued by that. And I called that person, uh, had him come out the next day. And like I said, he, he showed me all these different samples and immediately I was blown away with what, you know, what turf, you know, was today, right. And all I had to offer. So anyways, I watched them install the entire thing. And throughout that process, it, it's not rocket science, but it, it was so cool to see how it all came together. And I told my wife, I said, sweetie, you know, we should start a turf installation company. You know, <laughs> I think everybody has aspirations at some point to start their own business. And up until this point, I had never owned a business. And she said to me, this is a true story. She said, well, you're not that smart. Why don't you approach the owner? Uh, and, you know, eating my humble pie, that's exactly what I did. I called the, the individual to see, you know, what could be done about partnering up because it, at the time he was just doing it on the side. Mm -hmm. So we had some conversations um, and we were thinking about doing something. And then out of the blue one day, he called me and he asked, well, what do you think about buying the business? Uh, and as a, you know, employee of a tech company and not, ever started or owned a company, I didn't know where to go, uh, except to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is a business owner and has um, a business partner that owns a few different um, uh, franchises uh, with the intent to have them help me understand what this turf business might be worth. And the more we dug into it, the more they wanted to get involved. And I said, let's go. So the three of us, we actually ended up buying this business uh, and started growing it from there. Uh, it's, it's it's amazing. So you, you you watch them put in the punting green. You're like, this is really kind of interesting. You learn about it. The next thing you know, you own a, a turf business. Uh, <laughs> I liked it so much. We bought it, which yeah. is, is which is awesome. I love telling the story. Yeah. So all right. So you you have two businesses, right? So one is the supply side, so you could be selling it to you know other landscape landscapers or just people who need to. Uh, I assume mostly landscapers, right? Do you have actually residential, like people just coming in and they say, I need to buy turf. I'm going to try to do it myself. Um, yeah, we, tr we try to appeal to everybody. So when we bought the business as a leap turf supply, it was kind of, we were trying to figure out what this company was, right? Cause it was kind of like a mix of installs. It was a kind of mix of selling turf to other landscapers, mm -hmm. DIYers. So we realized 
very quickly that we needed to to branch off and create an install company, which as you mentioned earlier, is turf impressions that's primarily focused to just doing the installs for you know residential use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Elite Turf Supply is looking to service and really provide not only the the turf but the materials to other landscapers, other turf installers, um, and then any DIYers because like I said, there's a lot of people that when they come to research or you know look into artificial turf, uh, they see the price tag and they may want to consider installing it themselves, which we provide them the tools, the resources to do so. And we have a lot of you know great pictures or you know stories from people that come back to us and show us what they've done. So anybody can install turf is what I would say. Uh, you just want to make sure you have the tools and resources to do it. All right. So you have these two businesses. One's the install side of things. One's the supply side. And and um, are they? Do you keep them totally distinct and separate? You know, a lot of people do have divisions and so forth. Is it the same location? Like, how do you? You know, I'm just curious how it's set up. Just from a yeah, we're yeah, we basically operate on the same location, um, but they are distinct. Two different types of companies, and that's intentional. Um, just as we try to grow and scale those, what I mean by that is, you know, there's an opportunity for us as elite turf supply to expand into other markets, which we intend to do later this year, early next year with markets opening up in, in Boise and potentially in Texas. And I'm sure there's other places that we could go and explore, but that's kind of where our, our mindset is, is not only, you know, establishing ourselves well in our home state of Utah, but looking elsewhere and, and the way to go is the supply side. So it's intentional by having the two different companies, one focused on installs only and the other on supply. So um, is it the same, but you do manage both? Like how how um, active are the other two co-founders? Is that the management team as well, the, the three of you? Yes, all three of us were, were heavily involved and we have some great people working with us that assist, but all three of us, uh, are involved in managing both companies and and it's a you could almost think of them as as one and the same right i mean we just want to educate or allow our, our consumers to know one is our install company and the other is a supply where everybody can come to find their materials yeah and so from a management point of view as a you know from a business operations how do you do you plan out the year? Do you guys have like regular meetings and do you operate under kind of some kind of a, a system? Like we, we operate under EOS, which is from the book traction, which is the entrepreneurial operating system where we have like weekly meetings and quarterly meetings where we have our, um, what we call rocks, our goals. And I'm just curious, you're so new and do you, is it more of a, we're just trying to grow right now, or do you actually have a very structured way that you, you manage or, and, and try to grow? Yeah, we, we have some plans in place. Like I said, I, I rely heavily on my two partners um, and, and their business expertise and what they've done and helping grow. You know, They have 13 different locations of this franchise model that they're involved with. Okay. So I rely on them. Yeah, yes, we're, it's not just a you know, once a week type meeting, we're, we're communicating and, and working through challenges that the business presents every day, both on the supply side, both on the install side. Um, I, for a while, was was pulling double duty, right? I had my, my tech job still uh, <laughs> while trying to get the turf business off the ground, but I've since uh, gone full-time on the turf side. So I'm here every day with our, our employees. Um, you know, we have our goals. We, like I mentioned just before, 
there are things in place to expand outside of our, our Utah market. Um, and each month is a new record month. And so we do have our goals. We do have our meetings. And the plan right now is to, you know, it's a challenge. I could have mentioned this in the beginning, but uh, in Utah, we're, we're somewhat seasonal. Uh, and without having gone through a winter, you know, it's going to present a challenge as to how are we going to continue to, to move turf, right? Mm-hmm. We anticipate that, uh, you know, come December or January, maybe even the February, it might be a little cooler, uh, which presents challenges to install turf. But we have plans in place uh, to make sure that we're continuing to, to move turf to warmer climates and uh, looking at indoor facilities where we can install and, and do turf things there. Yeah. And how, what's the supply side like? I mean, whether, whether it's going on in the supply chain, you know, disruptions and everything over the last year, and you've just started really in the last year, how, how has that yeah. impacted you to get supplies? How far in advance do you need to purchase? And I assume it must have an impact on cash flow. just you know, all those things. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I think that's one of the problems we saw early on in our state that we wanted to solve. Uh, for some context, uh, for dealers or installers, uh, typically to get their turf, they're having to call a supplier from California or go to, let's say, Georgia. Georgia is the, the biggest hub for um, you know, manufacturing our fish turf in, in the United States. So those are really your two places to look at getting turf. But um, here, there was not really a, a true supplier. What I mean by that, as you mentioned in the bio, you know, we're housing anywhere from like 500 to a million uh, square feet of turf. Now, that's a differentiator in the sense that if you're an installer, you could call us up same day and be able to get your turf. And that's that's the problem that we have. Now, we have a great supplier, great manufacturer, where we actually carry both an imported line as well as a domestic line. So we're trying to hedge those things uh, if, in fact, there were a bottleneck of getting turf. But uh, having so much on the ground and continuing to reorder to make sure we're stocked, we we could go quite a bit of time without running out of turf. So we understand that those might present risks and uh, we're doing our best to get ahead of them to prevent not having turf for our customers. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a tough balance because you the carrying cost of inventory of the warehouse and you know how fast it moves with you know get you know uh, cash flow is always a challenge. Yeah. It's probably something you're learning. Uh, your first year like it's hard to even predict because how quick does it fly out the door it's fly out the door i guess yeah how does it move pretty fast i mean with the market right now yeah so the way in terms of what what we're ordering right you hit cash flow which again we could spend all day talking about (laughs) uh, our business and and the challenges that we face but cash flow is one of them meaning to get the turf we have to we have to front it right yeah and to make sure that we always have enough in stock obviously that's a quite a bit of, of money, right? Um, so we're ordering full semis every other week. Uh, and then the time in which it arrives at our facility to the time that it goes out, hopefully is with less than 30 days. Wow. Okay. That's, that's good. That's fast. Um, so you're yeah. not holding on to it that long. Try not to. Gotta yeah. get moving, Jeff. So what, what, who else is on your, besides that you have two co-founders, who else is on your management team you have that you would you know, bring into the fold and have meetings with on a regular basis besides like installers, you know, like project. Yeah. So when we bought the company, there was an individual who had been doing the install and 
And at the time, it was kind of the lifeblood of our company. So his name's Tanner. Uh, he does a great job leading our install side. And as I mentioned before, we're not trying to fool anybody, right? Our both two, of, both of our companies work um, work together. Uh, so we involved him, and we also have a regional sales manager um, that you know took a bet on us and has helped grow and kind of wears all the hats. And if I'm being honest with you, Jeff, we're all wearing multiple hats as we grow this thing, but. Uh, we have our team that we're very fortunate to have, uh, and we're continuing to grow. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I, I love talking to people who are like just starting out and it sounds like you're growing, which is great. And, um, now this is awesome. So, and I assume you have plans, like you mentioned, going down into other markets, Texas, um, do you, do you have like a, a grand, you know, plan, like on oh, the next five years, we want to be here, or, you know, you know, these markets and this is how big we want to be. And this is how many people we want Do you actually try to plan that out. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I have it all together, right? Five years is, is somewhat of a ways away considering we haven't even been through a year that together. And to that point too, we still have to face a winter that we haven't yet quite experienced, right? And we're excited about the challenge. So I guess the way we thought about our, our future growth plans is maybe about a year in advance. We have some things in motion, like I said, to be in voice, which we're excited about because it's a similar climate to what we have in Utah. Mm -hmm. And then there's opportunity through our supplier to open up uh, a space in Dallas. So those are things that, that are on our mind, that there are plans in place to expand into those areas. Um, Revenue-wise, we're... We're doing, we're doing great. Each month is a new record month. Um, so yeah, we're, we're continuing to grow. And I would think we're about a year, looking a year into the future at a time. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I think, like you said, in the early days, you know, things, you're just trying to grow, right? So it's not necessarily like, hey, we want to be here in a year or two years or five years or whatever. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, you uh, there's, a, there's a book called... Uh, and I've mentioned this on some other podcasts called Predictable Success. I always bring it up, actually, because it's fascinating how true it is. But it talks about the growth stages of a company. And the 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 there's like the early stage, I guess uh, they call it the struggle, early struggle is where you're just trying to get cash in and get clients. And you may not be profitable. Maybe you are, but it's just a, you're just trying to like make it work. But the the next stage is the fun stage. Where you're kind of like, hey, money's coming in and customers coming in. This is actually kind of cool. This is we're, we're growing. This is nice, and we're not struggling as much. Um, and you're probably, I, I'm not sure if you're there. Like you're kind of like, hey, this is great. This is it's coming in the door. But the the next stage is the where it's like um, whitewater. Or like, oh shoot, systems and well, this, well, this is like we're doing awesome, but everything well, things are breaking down. Like we don't have the right systems and in place because that's where like money's flowing in and customers are showing up at your door and um and then you bring in people to help you in systems to help you do that so um with with that being said the early stages you're like working in the business instead of on the business and i'm curious where you spend most of your time are you managing it are you actually out there helping installers and going to the job sites and you know uh managing inventory so where do you spend most of your time you hit it, you, you hit them all on the head. Plus there's probably a lot more. So <laughs> it, it, for right now, like, and, and you mentioned kind of those phases, right? The, the growth phase, the fun stage, we're, I think we're kind of finding ourselves in a little bit of both, right? In the artificial turf space, 
the, the profit margins are great. And that also in and of itself uh, presents a, you know, a challenge that we have going back to the education. And what I mean by that is we spend a lot of our time, my time included, uh, reaching out to, let's say, landscapers, right? And traditionally, landscapers are you know, installing artificial turf all day, every day, but they have the skill set, they have the, the team, they have the equipment to very easily go out and do jobs. And so what we've spent a, a, a decent amount of time in terms of growing is reaching out to landscape companies, concrete companies, really any type of, of service company so that we can start the conversation as to asking, hey, do you get asked about artificial turf? Uh, and a lot of times the response is we do, but we just, we tell them we can't do it. Right. And then we say, well, why not? And so that's why we, we've invested and have the resources internally to, to, to not only like push and challenge people as to why not, because at the end of the day, they're just leaving money on the table. And we found, and I don't know what the, the, the national, uh, maybe there's a national shortage, but here in our state, um, for different concrete companies, they're not able to get the concrete, right? There's just shortages on so many different mm-hmm. levels. And uh, a, a fun story I like to share is we had a, an owner of a, a concrete company that we reached out to. And, uh, and we had that same conversation. Why not? Why are you not doing turf? And, you know, he took it to heart. He, he, he bought some turf from us and did a quick install job on his own house. And the next day he came back into the office saying, I'm giving up concrete. I'm getting all of my guys converted over to turf. True story. Wow. So that is, you know, again, and, and it's, it's a little different, right? Uh, some people and a lot of the guys that we have on our install crew come from different practices backgrounds, excavation, concrete, framing, you name it, right? But they have the skill sets to go out uh, and do turf. And what we found or what I see and hear from them is it's almost like an art form. They love doing that. Each job is a little different. If you're like me, you you love the color green and, and greenery that can present on a, on a landscape. Uh, and, you know, to see much like myself, right? You know, I, I got a putting green and every day I look at it, my putting green, it brings a smile to my face, right? Changing lives, you know, as it compares to my neighbor's yard or existing grass, my mind looks the best. And I'm very proud of that. And I, and I would like to think that a lot of our customers feel that way when they see their grass after it's installed. So, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. And so what do you do? Are you constantly learning yourself about turf or is it, is it ever changing or the new, new turf products coming out? Um, yeah, there. Keep up with there's it. there's different events that we plan on attending, um, but also too like I think we have to check our like for me I'll speak for myself right coming into this business as a new business owner uh, into an industry that I am fairly new to you know to think I have it all figured out is a mistake right and what we've done which to some people they may think that like they are competition but we've actively engaged with other installers those that have been doing it for a much longer time than we have just to see about, you know, how, you know, we could be their supplier, but in turn, like, Hey, how do you do these things? We've actually purchased different things from other installers and have met with them. And so the education piece is huge. And it's a somewhat of a evolving industry, new techniques, uh, different tools that can be used to, you know, install seams or a different way to cut around a curve. I mean, there are just so many things that I'm sure your listeners don't care about, <laughs> uh, but the education piece is, is something that that we want to to be in the you know in front of. So as we talk about how we can install turf for our customers, 
we're on the leading edge of, of how to install turf. Yeah. So if you, with the two companies is one much bigger than the other, as far as even growth and revenue that you see, or are they kind of going, you know, the same side, growing at the same rate? Yeah. So the wholesale, so the, uh, you know, the larger opportunity is for our supply business, right? If you get into wholesale, right? It's just a volume game. Sure. Margins are, are, are slimmer, uh, but it's just a volume game. And I think that's the, the bigger play that we see ahead of our, of ourselves. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's great margins on the install business and in our state where there's not as much, um, competition, if I may say, you know, we're able to go out and, and get a, you know, a better rate for, from our customers than you might find in California, Arizona. So we plan to grow and continue to, to scale both companies with the larger player, the larger opportunity being the supplier, supplier on the supply side. Yeah. And how's, um, how's just hiring in general, uh, impacting your business? You're up to like 15 or so and probably growing still. Is it tough to, are you bringing in, is it tough to age? You have to educate these hires, some already coming in that are like you mentioned landscapers, they may already have a lot of the skills, but you probably have to just teach them the turf side of things. Is it, is that a challenge? Just hiring people or, or finding people sure. to get the hiring. Sure, Jeff. Everybody that's come on your podcast will say hiring and staffing is, <laughs> is a challenge. And it, and it is for us. Um, I would say that like, you know, we are what, you know, we can only go as far as, you know, the people that we have here. And uh, we take, I mean, we, we talk about like changing the lives of our customers. We want to change the lives of, of those that are here in the building with us. And we mean that, right. Yeah. Um, coming from the tech background, and going through different exits and, and my life changing in that regard, I hope to impact and, and change the lives of those that, that come to us, right? So getting the right people is, is crucial, right? Because if you have the right people, you know, you kind of just sit back and, and give them the resources, help them be successful. So it is a challenge, um, but uh, we're, it's not that we're wanting to just find anybody. Obviously, those that are they're passionate about the space. Right. And those that we have brought in have all been phenomenal. Yeah. And how do you promote a lot of the podcasts that people have talked to? They've always talked about culture. How, how do you promote that? Do they, does everybody kind of come to the warehouse to get at the same time in the morning and then you go out on jobs? Like, is there, is there something you do to kind of promote, you know, this is the, 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 the elite team that's here, turf team, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying our best. So we have our weekly meetings. Everybody comes in about once a month. We try to do an activity or a, a breakfast. Mm -hmm. uh, we do see each other often. Like I said, when the install guys are needing turf, they're coming to the warehouse to get it. We're able to chat. Uh, but as it relates to culture and, and things that I'm passionate about is, you know, thinking, and, and it might be perspective, right? Nobody works for me. I work for them. And I verbalize that often. Just just to make them feel as though like, you know, we're, we're all hands on deck. I'm in the trenches or I'm willing to do whatever it is that they need to be successful. What I mean by that is, you know, one of my guys may sell a deal, but I'll go in the back of the warehouse and actually cut the turf or I'll go out on the delivery. Um, that's one aspect. And then we talk about, you know, uh, promote or early and often, right? Mm -hmm. um, getting in front of a promotion versus having the, the employee having to come to you asking for something. So. What I think that'll do is it'll generate or, you know, instill loyalty that, that you treat people the right way. You take care of them. They'll take care of you. It's not the other way around. No, that, 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 
so true. And we, we try to even do it here where we see the kind of the rock stars and we can approach them and say, we think there's some opportunity for you. And, you know, we try to guide them to, to obviously move forward in their careers, which is, and then the ones that maybe not producing and kind of work with them to try to get them to produce maybe, or just be, you know, good contributors to the, to the company. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's communication. I think yeah. having experience in the workplace in my short career, if you will, you know, I can see the the companies that have always been successful are those the, are those that communicate. And I I think about my times having a direct manager and those that I really admired were the ones who were communicating early and often, right? Talking to me, making sure that I felt my needs were covered. And so translating that now to as a business owner, continuing with that. Um <laughs> almost daily. Hey, how are you doing? What can I do to make your, your life easier, your job easier? And, and it's building our culture. I think people are excited to get up and come to work. Um, and we hope to continue doing that. So what is, it's just interesting question here. So you, you came from the, you know, business world, tech world, and now you're an entrepreneur, a business owner. What, what was, what's that transition been like just personally? Is it was that something like oh yeah this was easy I just moved right into it or like whoa I, there was a lot of things I didn't even really realize or think about as I moved into yeah. this role I'm just curious it's just personally or professionally yeah yeah if I if I can <laughs> share some personal or be vulnerable with you Jeff you know I uh, I got my start in tech in, in Utah there's there's an abundance of, of different opportunities in tech and I found myself there right after college and started to climb through the ranks. And if I, if I'm being honest with you, Jeff, I, I always thought, you know, it came, you know, I worked hard and I, and I found a niche of what I was good at. And I thought I'd always be in the tech industry. I never thought or saw myself as, you know, a business owner. I had, I had some different management positions mm-hmm. that I actually did not enjoy. I did not like uh, managing. I thought I saw myself as a, a contributor for a tech company for the rest of my career. Um, but then something happened much like, uh, much like, you know, happens in everybody's life. Some, an event happened um, with one of the companies that I worked at where there was an acquisition and uh, I had given a lot to this company. And, and when the company was acquired, I was found myself on the short end of, um, of the exit, right? Of a compensation mm-hmm. package. And what that did, and I, and I truly believe everything happens for a reason, but when that event happened, I found myself staying, you know, thinking that I'll never work as hard as I ever worked for someone else ever again. Uh, to work as hard as I did to build up what I built to only benefit somebody else, uh, it made me realize that I want to be an owner, right? And, and mm-hmm. to accomplish some of the financial goals and things that I wanted to accomplish in my life, I knew the, the pathway to get there would be through ownership. And, uh, and it was at about that exact same time that the, the putting green idea came into my mind. I did not know that I would end up buying this company, but like I said, I believe there's a, there's a higher purpose and things happen for a reason, but not having a taste, like I said, I had that, that one track that I was set on thinking my career would be this, but having a taste of, of being an entrepreneur, I feel like in less than a year, um, I've learned so much. Uh, I feel more accomplished and, and having been a part of both worlds, I'm never going back. <laughs> I think entrepreneurship is is going to be it's more fun. You're you're problem solving more. You're growing both as a person as a professional, and um, 
didn't expect it, but sometimes things are unexpected. Well, that's true. I mean, I always say we always end up where we're supposed to be, I guess, right? Are you part, you know, where you're now an entrepreneur, you've been doing this now for a good year or so, almost a year. Um, do you belong to any groups uh, that, you know, whether you have a coach or like some business organizations or anything where you're kind of learning from others who are also in the same situations as a business owner? Yeah, I wouldn't say like an official organization back to the the tech space. Yeah, there's a great community within. And I feel like I am connected to a lot of people that I look up and admire. Um, Some different co-founders, people who have been through exits or have started different companies that we've had multiple conversations with. So I wouldn't per se say it's a group, but I have a network of individuals that I trust that I, you know, I talk with quite often that I feel like I can go to them with anything. And obviously we relied on a, a lot of different people just as we've scaled this business. So mm-hmm. no official groups, um, but a lot of people in our corner yeah. that uh, we can go to for help and, and we'll continue to do so. Yeah. I think kind of mentors or like you said, other people, it's important because we, we don't know everything. I've been doing, I started my business here in like 2003 and I, I just, even a couple of years ago joined um, EO entrepreneurs organization and they're all owners of businesses you know, we all have the same pro- issues. We all, you know, whether it's hiring or marketing or, you know, um, sales, compensating our salespeople, you know, we may all have different industries and businesses, but uh, it's nice to kind of hear what other people are doing. And, you know, it just helps, I think. So I, I think it's great that, like, you have a group, another group, but people you can go to. So, yeah, because we don't know it all. And- yeah. And I would think it's kind of been interesting. Like I, I look up to so many different people, but what I've found is there, I mean, we've helped uh, a few different install companies get off the ground, even in our short period of time where, you know, they've kind of looked to us for help. Right. And so we've been able to, to mentor others and Hey, helping your install business get off the ground. So uh, that has been, uh, makes you feel good. Right. Even though I don't feel that I know it all, but, uh, just seeing how people have come to us for help. Uh, it makes me want to continue that path, but I know there are so many others that feel similar to what I do that are willing to help. Um, so continue to network, expand those relationships. I think there's a lot of people who are willing to help and I continue to look forward to, to fostering those relationships. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, you don't realize, well, maybe I didn't realize, but even competitors, they, they're, they're willing to help. Um, you know, I have a lot of people in my own space. It's like, Hey, what are you doing with this? Or what are, what accounting system are you using or what, what do you yeah. use for whatever CRM and like, Oh, we're using this. And it's great. Um, they're not giving away trade secrets or anything. They don't feel like they are. So I, I think it's, it's awesome. Hey, yeah. Talking about systems. So what do you, you're still new. Are you, what are you using for systems? I'm just curious. I'm a systems person. We're a QuickBooks shop and I'm just curious. What do you guys, what you guys use? I always ask. Yeah. Yeah. Good old QuickBooks for, for accounting. Cool. Um, we do use in our space, we're, we're kind of, uh, in terms of like how we think about how we want to differentiate ourselves, there's a, a tool called near map, similar to like what people may think of as like Google maps. Okay. And that's been a huge, huge win for us and how we scale. Uh, what I mean by that is oftentimes in our space, somebody will call you and say, Hey, I want to quote, or I want to bid. And first of all, will say, great, I can get out there next week. And then they get out there and then it'll be a few days before the customer actually receives a, a bid or an estimate, right? Yeah. Where what we try to do 
is through an aerial image tool, which is near map. Uh, somebody will call and within 30 minutes, we'll actually try to have them an estimate in hand, being able to map out their area and our cost. So that's a huge win. Um, we try to automate as much as possible going through orders. Uh, so Slack, Zapier, different integrations there. But oh, yeah. The, the main things that we're using to run our business are our QuickBooks uh, and that image, uh, near map, the aerial image tool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I love to hit QuickBooks. We're a QuickBooks shop. So, but, you know, you can go a long way with QuickBooks and all like Zapier, all the integrations, which is kind of nice. So, um, yeah, I was talking to someone recently that um, they were looking for a tool and we, we told them the tool where their salespeople could, they don't want them in QuickBooks, but they want them to place orders or put in like quotes and where they end up in QuickBooks. So we helped them with that recently. But, you know, something like a Zapier helps with a lot of that stuff too. A lot of people don't even realize it, but cool. So, um, yeah, just, you're just moving over to just you. You talked about, about kind of like your background. Well, you just hear a little bit more. You're fr- are you from the area where you are, Utah? And, you know, where yep. you know, what, what, Born what, raised. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you actually do in technology as well? Maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So born and raised here in Utah. I love Utah. I love the seasons. It's a great place to, to have a family and, and live a life. Um, my background, uh, I, I grew up playing sports my, my whole life. I think you mentioned like my first job was actually in college at a, at a golf course, right? Yeah. Uh, because up until that point, it was all sports and played sports my whole life. I love the lessons taught, the relationships relationships that i've built through sports i played basketball in college at a small university and it's actually um comes full circle some teammates are going to actually allow us to actually open up the boise location so you never know you know relationships and, and where you might reconnect later down the line but um anyways just my 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 dad's in sales i have an older brother who's done well in sales and so Coming out of college, I thought, yeah, it's going to be sales. And so I started out as a, a business development rep, so kind of like a setter. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, just through dedication and hard work and the sense of competition, you know, money's great. But I think a lot of what kind of uh, makes me tick is the, the, the competing aspect. And so uh, just a different time, went to a, a social media analytics company, which then led to working at a credit card company. And, um, you know, just different things, things I was able to accomplish, uh, different records and what have you. Uh, but because of that, because of the success that I found, uh, ultimately it, it allowed me to continue to grow, but um, take from some of the earnings that I had to actually go out and acquire a trip company. So I always thought sales would be, or, you know, tech would be the route for me. Um, but to any listeners, you know, that think you have it all figured out, just know, Something uh, might change, um, and that's okay because you, you think uh, you know your life's laid out for you, but right around the corner might be something better. So yeah. be open to it, um, try new things, and uh, you know you might just find something better right right around the corner. That, that's awesome. That, that that's an awesome quote. We're gonna throw up there too. So uh, oh shoot, oh shoot. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you got the quote for the link for the page. So, um, so no, this has been awesome. And actually, what I'd love to do, and I, I ask some a lot of my podcasts, I'd, let, I'd love to revisit you like in a year and go, okay, 
you know, two years in or two and a half years in, what's this, what's this, what's going on? What happened? What's since we talked, how big are you? You're in Boise, you're in, you know, Dallas, you're somewhere else. You never know. Um, two, two, in, in two years, I hope, uh, and we're on our way two years. Yeah. Um, we have all of Utah. We've established ourselves in Boise. We have an area of Dallas. We're doing $12 million a year. Yeah. That, that'll be awesome. And I'm sure you'll be there. So, so where people can find you if they want to connect. I love, I love when uh, my own listeners connect with each other and say, Hey, you, you mentioned this, right? So I'd love to connect. And, you know, so you're on LinkedIn under Taylor Brown sales. Yep. Okay. I do see. Yeah. I, that was a tagline I used years ago, but uh, Taylor Brown on LinkedIn. Okay. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram or where we're primarily at. Uh, at Elite Turf Supply and at Turf Impressions. There, we're trying to be relevant with the things that we're posting around the education side, but also show you some of the <clears throat> tips and tricks and the cool things that are involved in an install process. So find me there. You can also email me, taylor at eliteturfsupply.com. Um, happy to connect with, with any of your listeners. Yeah, I'm going to check out some of the educational stuff. I have a s- small house up in New Hampshire. Now, I'm not sure how turf is in new england because i've talked to a couple of turf people just on these podcasts and they're all like on the west coast so i'm not sure how big it is around here even i mean it's here but you know i'm not sure much of the market but i'd love to put some around i have a little lake house so i'd love to put some around where the sand is and weeds keep growing through it i'm like i'm just i should throw down some turf so be, be careful jeff once you start researching it becomes addictive so <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll, business out there, right? <laughs> Open to opportunities, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cool. I, thanks, Taylor, for being on. I uh, This has been good. And like I said, I'd like to revisit, uh, do a podcast in a year or so. I want to thank people who are listening or watching because we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, some other uh, podcast um, platforms. I encourage anyone listening and uh, watching to share. Hopefully you like it. And um, thanks again. Thanks, Taylor. And this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.